here to ask you one question and one question only. What's your point? What's your point? What's your point? What's your point? So what's your point? What's your point? What's your point? What's your point, man? What's your point? What's your point? What's your point? This is what's your point. What's your point? What was his point? I have no idea. Dude, I don't get it. I don't get it either. And now, here are your hosts, Dolphin Osorio. This doesn't matter what your name is! And Polly Brzez. Do I have everybody's attention now? On Turn On The Jets Digital. Welcome to What's Your Point? It's your weekly New York Jets debate show. We like to say it's like PTI, but edgier and with only Jets topics. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I will be moderating this affair, so let me introduce you to your combatants. First, he ate so much food over Christmas that he literally flew Superman-style into work this morning. You can follow him on Twitter, at Pauly underscore B-R-U-Z, and he is a contributor at ESPN Utica, Mr. Pauly Brzez. Pauly, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. Uh, feels good to be back. Had, had a little hiatus, you know, with, uh, with uh, being Italian and having Christmas holidays and so much going on. Um, you know, I was just really busy, uh, but glad to be back. Uh, glad to get this this new year underway. Uh, you know, new year, same me. Uh, so I'm going to be back and, and, and ready to contribute going forward uh, in 2019. Let the record show Paulie did not invite me to Christmas dinner. And yes, I am holding that against him. <laughs> and listen, I, I, there was actually, shockingly enough, there was no leftovers this year. Uh, usually there is. So, um, yeah, everybody ate and it was it was wonderful. All I know is Paulie sent me a bunch of pictures from the food that was being cooked. And I'm sorry, Paulie, but you are now downgraded to my second favorite brisees after your mom. Hey, listen, I actually did the cooking this year. She just assisted. It was a little different, but... Uh, but everything was delicious. Very interesting. Let's see if you can bring that energy that you brought into the kitchen to cook and see if you can beat our opponent that is in the opposite corner for you this week. He knows fights like I know kites. It's true. Growing up, my nickname was Ben Franklin. You can read his MMA work, and you can also listen to him talking about the Jets on Let's Talk Jets. Follow him on Twitter at troush 21 Mr. Tyson Roush. What's going on, Tyson? Well, happy holidays, everybody. I'm, I'm doing great, man. It's the holiday season. The Jets have a new coach. I mean, things can't get any better, man. This is it's a good time to be alive. I hate to contradict you, Tyson, but with a Jets team that's just won 14 games over the last three years, I'm thinking things could get at least a little better. Man, if you live in the past, you stay in the past. We're looking <laughs> to the future now. <laughs> this is true, and that's why we went and got a futuristic guest. He's so good at closing deals that I literally watched him sell ice to an Eskimo. It's true. I have it on video. President of Retaliate First Marketing, Mr. Chris Walker. What's going on, Chris? Scott, it's good to be here, and it's uh, we're getting to that point of the year where we get to watch some good football and realize uh, what we're missing out on and what we're hoping for in the future. So, uh, fingers crossed, it's a, it's a good January from the Jets. Yeah, we all have our fingers crossed for that one, and this episode is going to be all about the coaching search because that is the hot topic right now, so let me get into the rules Essentially, it is like a modified presidential debate format that you're going to hear four rounds. You'll hear one person talk for one minute, then another person talk for a minute to rebut, and then one minute for a rebuttal of the rebuttal. 
Each round will be judged by Chris, who will be looking for the two S's and the two C's, style and substance, color and command. At the end of the four rounds, if we are tied, we will go to an overtime period where Chris will select a question that only he will know in advance. I won't know it, Paulie won't know it, and Tyson won't know it. So it'll be completely spontaneous and fun if we get to the overtime period. All of that said, again, these questions are going to have everything to do with the Jets' coaching search and the coaching position in general. So let's start with the man who just lost his job, Todd Bowles. A lot of talk about the Jets underachieving this year. Some people have even suggested that the Jets could have been a 500 team or better if Todd Bowles were replaced by even an average coach. Is this true? Paulie, you go first. Um, I do believe that, and and everybody knows my stance on Bulls, and I, I did want him gone. Listen, never met Todd. He's come off as a great guy. Um, you know, he he's a very likable guy. Um, he's just not a good head coach. Um, we've seen over the four years that he was here, he's put together a terrible staff, uh, and that's held back the team as well. Uh, people will want to go in and, and talk about the the roster, uh, but good coaches can can overcome a bad roster, um, and things like injuries as well. Um. You know, Bulls didn't improve at all over the four years, um, whether it be game management, game planning, in-game adjustments. Um, so I do think that if the Jets had a better, well-prepared coach uh, this season with a young quarterback, with a young defense who at times, um, you know, looked lost with, with you know, blown assignments and things like that. Um, there's been times where players have called out the coaching staff and said they weren't prepared for certain situations. So um, I do think with a, with a better, competent coaching staff, um, that the Jets could have at least had a better record than four wins. 500, uh, maybe not, but more than four wins, absolutely. That's Paulie's point. Tyson, what's your point? Sometimes you can't make chicken salad out of chicken. You know what I'm talking about. And, and listen, I, I, I'm not the biggest Bulls fan. I'm not a fan of this staff. I'm not a fan of this roster either. Let's just call it what it is. When you look at this season, there's a lot of holes on this roster. And as the season played out, we saw more of them. Yes, guys got hurt, but a lot of guys underachieved. The Jets won some meaningless games, and they beat the Buffalo Bills, and everybody's giving them bouquets of flowers, which is completely ridiculous. There's holes everywhere. Offensive line, the secondary. I mean, you need better receivers. The running backs are average. I mean, it's it. come on. I mean, listen, you, you want to say they, 500's insane. Maybe five or six wins. Maybe. But, dude, this roster has several holes, which is why McCagney shouldn't return, but that's a whole other story. So, I think, listen, top holes isn't good, but neither is this roster. Paulie, your rebuttal. Like I said, I do think while there is holes, there were injuries. I think a better coach does get more wins. Um, again, I know I said the, the I know the question is five hundred, but I think they would have had a better record uh, with better coaching staff. Um, you know, Bates just looked overmatched. I mean, it was rumored he didn't really want the OC job, but he was kind of forced into it after Bulls forced another offensive coordinator out last year because he didn't get along with his philosophy. Um, so I just think Bulls is one of those guys that's a really good coordinator, but just not a head coach. And he was maybe by the end of his tenure, just way over his head. A, a good coach here, if you if you had a guy here, and, and I'm just going to pull Kyle Shanahan out of here because with how bad the Niners roster was and how many guys they lost with injuries – they still kind of snuck out some wins, and, and they looked like a competent team. Um, I think with with our roster being a little bit better than what the Niners finished the season with, I've, like I said, a competent coach gets more wins than four with this team. Chris, you've heard from Paulie. You've heard from Tyson. What do you think? Who wins round number one? Well, I think we got a, we got a barn burner there. I think there's uh, some good points on both sides. You know, I definitely agree with, with Paulie on kind of I, – I see two games. You know, I think 
we we could have won two that that Todd kind of gave up at the end. But I got to go with Tyson because I think this was a seven and nine team that we we all overestimated the roster. We thought more from Tremaine Johnson. We thought more from Crowell. We thought the young wide receivers would come on. You know that that takes it down to where where I think we we ended up. And Todd put it pretty eloquently. We are with what the record what the record is. So I'm gonna give this one to Tyson. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Tyson looking like Mike Tyson early on with the first point here on what's your point as we get now to topic number two. So let's talk about Mr. Jim Harbaugh, who has been the hot topic around Jets coaching circles and the buzz and the whispers and the chatter. Whether or not he comes, that's an issue to be determined. But do you think it is a good idea to pursue him, offer him a blank check and complete control of the roster if that's what it would take to land him. We'll start with Tyson this time. Man, this is a tough one because I, I'm actually a Jim Harbaugh fan, and he's he, the kind of coach that you want for this organization. He's a CEO kind of guy, instant credibility, instant respect. He, he has a, a strong pedigree of rebuilding Stanford, rebuilding the 49ers, and that's kind of what the Jets need. He's a no-nonsense guy that the media can't push around, the fans can't push around, so it seems like a really good fit. In terms of giving a blank check, if you want a prominent coach, you got to spend the money, especially in this market. In terms of saver personnel, I don't trust Mike McCagney, so any help you can give, that's, I'm more power to him because I want a guy that's been there, done that, has won in the NFL, and right now Mike McCagney hasn't shown me that he can do that. The Jets haven't shown me that he can do that. So spend the money, get the guy. That's Tyson's point. Paulie, what's your point? Listen, I'm going to take my Michigan bias out of this. Everybody knows I'm a Michigan fan. Everybody knows that I think Harbaugh is staying at Michigan. But I think you have to kind of take this with pause. Um, you know, everywhere Harbaugh has been other than Michigan right now, this is year four. He's, he's left after year four. Um, but with his NFL job, yes, he took the Niners to the Super Bowl. Uh, but at the end of his tenure, he kind of rubbed players the wrong way. He got into it with management. Harbaugh's a, a, a weird guy. You know, he's, he kind of beats to his own drum. Uh, and he does what he wants. He's at Michigan. He doesn't really have to answer to anybody. He still would have to answer to ownership here. And and I think they would eventually butt heads. Um, I think Harbaugh's style is is more meant for the college game uh, in the aspect of, well, you know, by the time players kind of maybe get sick of him, they're moving on to the NFL, where here you got guys under contract. They might be sick of him, and they might kind of tune him out, kind of like the 49ers did at the end of his tenure. So um, while I think he's a great coach, 
Um, I, I think you'd have to pause and hesitate b- before you give him a blank check and the keys to the franchise because is he going to be here longer than four years and you're going to be looking for a, a new coach within that time frame. Tyson, your rebuttal. The idea of a long-term coach is an anomaly these days. The Mike Collins aren't very rare. The NFL is a what have you done for me lately business, especially in the New York market. If you get five years out of any coach, you should be happy. Four years and so be it. I, I just think, I mean, to think long-term, I think right now is foolish. you got to go short-term the state of this franchise, what they need, the direction they have to go, and the kind of guy they have to have. And a guy like Jim Harbaugh, I mean, it just changes the culture, it changes the attitude, changes the mindset, and changes the view around the league as well. Chris, what do you say? Is Tyson going up 2 nothing, or are we tied at 1? Man, I think Tyson made some incredible points there. I, I'm, I'm with it all the way on, on what we need. You know, I, I do think it's an anomaly to look for that long-term coach, but I got to give this one to Paulie because I just don't think Jim Harbaugh is the guy. I, I'm leaning more Jim Harbaugh based on who we've set up interviews with today, but um, I just don't think, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of the, the retread. I think you're bringing him back hoping he can um, – bring back past magic that he had at the 49ers. And I just don't see it. I think the, the Jets got to be like my company name. They got to retaliate first, get out ahead of this and be proactive and do something that uh, nobody else is doing or has done before. See what I said about it being a marketing guru. He was able to work in a plug for his business <laughs> right there and his answer. I love it. That is first rate stuff, Chris, as we move on to topic number three. And you mentioned the idea of retreads. So let's touch on that. The last five Jets head coaches have been guys that did not have any NFL head coaching experience. So, with the varying degrees of success and lack thereof of those candidates that came in and took those jobs, we look at the future. Is it something where the Jets should learn from the past and go in a different direction and bring in somebody with previous head coaching experience? Or is the route to go whoever the best candidate is, regardless of experience level, let the chips fall where they may and hope that management has their act together and hires the right guy? We're going to start with Paulie this time. So I want to say this first. Um, I do think they should go in a different direction. They should actually finally hire an offensive coach. Um, But with that being said, um, I don't think you can be scared about hiring, um, you know, an up and coming coordinator or someone without head coaching experience because... I mean, a lot of the retread guys out there, I mean, are they really that appealing? Um, Mike McCarthy, I'm kind of up in the air on. Um, you know, you really don't know what went on there in Green Bay at the end. Was was Aaron Rodgers finally sick of him and starting to tune him out after all those years? Um, I mean, he's, after their Super Bowl win, it's been kind of underwhelming with a lot of, a lot of people say the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Um, I'm not sold on a guy like Jim Caldwell. Um, you know, I'm not sold on some of the other retread names that are out there. Um, you know, that have been associated with the Jets. I mean, this new 2018 NFL, um, you have to go and find those young offensive-minded coaches um, that are doing concepts like an Eric Bieniemy, like um, a Todd Monaghan with uh, the Bucks, who is now rumored to be uh, requested for the Jets to interview. Um, you know, you've got to get these kind of guys in here uh, with the new mindset of what the league is. Um, I don't know if Mike McCarthy's concepts are are new and fresh enough for what this franchise needs with an inject and infuse of offense. So um, you can't be scared about hiring guys with no head coaching experience. You just got to make sure you do well in your interview processes um, and, and, and hire the right coach. That's Paulie's point. Tyson, what's your point? I could not disagree anymore. I mean, you got to look at the state of this, this franchise in terms of the roster, the, the, the leadership, the culture, 
Then I look at the the actual culture that we're in with terms of the media and the fan base that have absolutely no patience. So you look at you bring in a, a first time coordinator. The first time he blows the game management, he blows a timeout, punts on fourth down, whatever else. You hear, oh, another Todd Bowles. Oh, here we go again. You need to have a guy that has credibility and respect that can back everybody off. This this market with this fan base, this media, all this can eat up a first-time coordinator, which we've seen. We've seen what McAdoo. So now you, you bring in the guy like this, and the expectations next year are playoffs or a much-improved Sam Darnold. Good luck with a first-time head coach dealing with that. You need the guy that's been there, done that, understands the ropes of the NFL, understands how to negotiate all these different things. Because the New York Jets, the, the team itself, has a chaotic surrounding. So you need to be able to handle all of that with the expectations of winning next year. Everybody's expecting eight wins next year, at least. So now it's like, you've you got to get a guy that's been there. Listen, I would sell my soul for John Harbaugh. I'd even trade a pick for him. I don't care. I'd trade better Williams for him. I don't care. I want a guy like that. I'm not completely sold to Mike McCarthy, but I, I'd find a guy like that. It, it's just, this is what the team needs. The, the offensive guru that everybody keeps talking about, that everybody wants next Sean McVay, how many other first-time quitters have completely fallen on their face? Adam Gaze, all these other guys, all these flashy names sound great in theory until they start blowing games because they can't manage a team, they can't manage a game, they can't manage a roster or anything else. So for me, with, with the current state of the New York Jets, you need a guy that's been there, done that, and has the respect of the NFL. Paulie, your rebuttal. Well, I'll say this then. Um, the guys like McCarthy and Caldwell, they're available for a reason. So, I mean, if they do want to hire a head coaching type, then I would look towards the college ranks at a guy like Matt Campbell. But uh, these guys that are available right now that are retreads, they don't do it for me. Um, I, I mean, McCarthy was in Green Bay for how long? And like I said, they underachieved. That team should have won more than one Super Bowl. And I know that they don't pay free agents and things like that. But you've got Caldwell. Sure, he had winning seasons with the Lions. But what are winning seasons? A playoff appearance and then getting eliminated. So, like I said, if they want to go with a guy with a head coaching experience, I, Matt Campbell is a hot name, and he's a hot name for a reason. He knows how to build programs, and I think he would earn the respect of this team right away year one. You've heard the arguments from both Paulie and Tyson. It is tied at one. Who is going to take the lead, Chris? Well, this this was a tough one because I, I agreed with everything Tyson said. I think, you know, his argument was, was the better argument, but Paulie came in with that magic name right there, right at the end on the rebuttal, Matt Campbell. That to me is the guy, that's the direction the Jets should go, and uh, I got to give this one to Paulie for, for hitting that magic keyword. Paulie proved my point. The guy was a coach already. He's a head coach already. <laughs> <laughs> I object. <laughs> I, I couldn't call it. I, I was so in between. Look, Tyson, you had that the whole way, and then he just he just said the magic name. I was like, oh, that's changing it because Paulie was looking pretty cloudy, naming Todd Munkin, and uh, that the one time uh, you know the OC at Kansas City, who's who's been nothing more than a running back coach, um, you know, and doesn't call plays. That was he was struggling there for a while, but he, I think Mike Campbell's the guy. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just to make it clear, obviously Matt Campbell did turn down the Jets' request to interview him for their head coaching vacancy, but this is more theoretical in terms of 
if he had been a legitimate candidate and were willing to consider taking the job. Also, Tyson, unfortunately for you, your appeal will be treated with the same level of importance as the Jamal Adams appeal on his fine for criticizing the officials <laughs> on that terrible pass interference call last week. So sorry about that, but that's just how it kind of goes on here. The judge is judge, jury, and executioner on this show. So you're down to one, but it's not over, Tyson, because we do have a fourth category here, and it's this. We talked about the college ranks, and we talked about the coordinators as opposed to the possibility of bringing in a proven NFL head coach. Well, which of the following two options would be riskier to you? A coordinator who has NFL experience but no head coaching experience or a college head coach who's been a head coach but has no NFL experience? Tyson, you start this time. See, to me, I would say the coordinator with no NFL head coaching experience, you know, we mentioned the Matt Campbell guys like that. I like some of these guys that, that run these college programs. These college programs are major business now. It's not the old the old NCAA where it's like, oh, it's like, you know, mom and pop this and that. This is a, a major business, major marketing. They got to handle boosters, all kinds of ticket sales, everything. And and, and these, play, these players probably get paid, paid too. So to me, I think it's much riskier to get a first-time coordinator that's in over his head, never managed a program before, never knew how to put together a practice, never put together a training camp. Never knew how to manage all these things, manage media, media sessions, all of these different things. So to me, it's risky to have a first-time coordinator because a, a, a head coach at any level has the ability to manage a team and put together some kind of program or system that he can incorporate going forward. He can like fine-tune it for the NFL. But I think that the jump from coordinator to head coach without any experience is a huge, huge step. That's Tyson's point. Paulie, what's your point? Now, this is going to go against my last point of Matt Campbell, but... I think it takes a special kind of person to go from the college ranks to the NFL. He's got to know how to build the program. He's got to be a good people person, and he's got to have a plan in place. So it depends on which coach you're taking from the college ranks because it's a lot different to handle, you know, 17, 18, 19, and 20-year-old kids than it is to handle adult men. Um, and I think, like I said earlier with Harbaugh, going back to that point, you're you're – if you don't know how to handle the NFL players correctly and you try and treat them like they're children, you're going to wear thin on them over the course of a three, four year stint like Harbaugh did with the Niners. So I think a head coach from the, from the college ranks can do it, uh, but it's got to be the right guy. It is going to, it would be difficult, but if it's somebody who can build a program and shown they can build a program like a Matt Campbell again, I think it. He there's certain guys that are outliers that can do it. Tyson, your rebuttal. Well, first of all, I want to thank Paulie for making my points. I usually, I obviously won this, answer. but the other thing is too is we got to keep in mind that the the NFL is constantly stealing from the programs in college now, whether it's the packing schemes, the approach, things like that. So to me, it's like listen, like obviously we can't cherry pick the coach. If it's Matt Campbell or, or Shaw from Stanford, whoever it is, if these guys are winning at that level. And they're managing a roster of what 120 players or however many the hell they have. It's just to me, it's a little bit easier to try to incorporate a system as opposed to saying, "Hey, I'm a coordinator now. I want to manage a team. I went from managing 20 guys to 55 or 53." So to me, I just think you know, a head coach is a head coach, and so it's an easier transition. Chris, what do you say? Did Tyson send it to overtime, or is Pauly victorious in regulation? He, Tyson has definitely sent it to overtime, and you know we we almost need to take a point away from Paulie. Tyson's spot on there with with Paulie just uh, making his point for him. So uh, I think it's overtime, Scotty. <laughs> 
Paulie is the reverse of primetime Paulie on that particular <laughs> point right there. Making Tyson's point for him is a nice little Christmas gift by you, Paulie. Even though it's a little past Christmas, that was very nice of you. Hey, listen, Tyson Tyson was nice enough to join us today, so I figured I'd give him one. <laughs> <laughs> now let's see if Tyson can finish things off and continue the momentum as we head into the overtime period. Again, the rules stipulate that the last question will be asked and judged by Chris Walker, who is the judge this week. So, Chris, the floor is yours, sir. I think we have to just keep this one simple and direct, Scotty. I think the focus should just be for both of our contestants to kind of name their, their dream head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator. If they were sitting in Mike Mack's seat right now, uh, you know, what, what are the three hires that they would be looking to make? An interesting and certainly a timely question. Paulie, you go first. Well, see, I've gone with this new philosophy this year that I wasn't going to pick favorites because every time I do, they hire the opposite person. But if I was going to put together a dream staff um, for the New York Jets, and obviously this is without knowing if they have ties to these coaches or not, uh, my head coaching choice would be Matt Campbell. Um, I think, like I said, he knows how to build a program. Um, he is well-experienced, and he commands the respect of his players. So that would be my head coach. Um, with the offense, I actually think uh, what Todd Monikin did with less-than-stellar quarterback play um, in um, – in Tampa Bay this year, I mean, Tampa Bay had four receivers over 750 yards this year, um, and Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston playing quarterback. Uh, they had an explosive offense, but their defense was terrible. So that would be my offensive coordinator. Uh, and now, uh, looking at defense, it's it depends on what kind of system you run or run. But I try to see if you can get a guy uh, like a Jack Del Rio, because you're going to want somebody to handle the defense while you're overseeing the rest of your team. Um, and I think Jack Del Rio may want to get back into coaching. He might not be on head coaching radar right now. Uh, bring him in, have him as your DC, and maybe he looks to that as a as a stepping stone to his next job. But I think those are three guys that I think that will handle this franchise and get them in the right direction. That's Paulie's point. Tyson, what's your point? My first point is I hate Paulie for taking some of my ideas with that one. So that's just going to make me completely, completely change my idea, but. My, my head, my dream head coach right now would be John Harbaugh. I, I would, like I said earlier in this, I would sell my soul for him. I'd trade draft picks. I would trade Leonard Williams. I really don't care. He is the, the perfect CEO for this team that would, you know, give you four or five years of just stability, respect, and probably a lot of winning as well. Um, on the defensive coordinator, this could kind of be a curveball. I make this defensive coordinator the assistant head coach as well, and that'd be Chris Richard from Dallas. I'm a big fan of him, what he did in Seattle. I like what he does in Dallas. He's very respected, of innovative mind, and could be a head coach down the line. So you can kind of possibly groom him for the future. And then the offensive coordinator is a guy that everybody seems to hate now. What he was super respected last year was John DiFilippo, who he bombed out in Minnesota. I understand that, but Mike Zimmer is not easy to work for, and Kirk Cousins is not easy to deal with. So I think there was a lot of a lot of agendas there, and it's very unfortunate. But I still still think he's a very good coach. So for me, it'd be Harbaugh, Richard, and DiFilippo. Paulie, your rebuttal. Like I said, everybody knows I love the Harbaugh family. I feel like I'm a um, an honorary member of the family. But I just don't think that the Ravens, well, with all the chatter and they haven't signed the contract, I don't think Harbaugh is going to be available. I think they would be silly as an organization to move on. Um, what he's done midseason to switch the offense and have them go in a totally different direction, um, I think the Ravens are going to smarten up and they're going to give him the deal he wants. So um, I love Harbaugh, but I just don't think he's available. Um, and And... And he's not going to be the head coach of the Jets. 
Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Chris, this is it. Moment of truth. The overtime. We're tied at two. Who's going home with the victory today? Well, Scotty, my ultimate gripe with the uh, the Jets is Woody Johnson is like our rich friend, but we seem to spend a lot of money on him, and he doesn't seem to want to spend a lot of money on us. Um, so I got to go with Tyson because that's a that's an expensive coaching staff that uh, I think can get it done. I, I think uh, Tyson won it there with the the offensive coordinator pick. I think if we got uh, Flip in there as as OC, it would be quite innovative. You know, younger guy working with working with Sam Darnold, who, you know, who's seen what it's like to win a Super Bowl. And I, I think that the Chris Richard pick as well is, is quite sexy and up and coming. So uh, I'm going to give this one to, one to Tyson, even though Paulie came close with uh, dropping Matt Campbell in there. There you go. Tyson coming in and getting the big victory on What's Your Point this week. We'll see how this turns out. It's going to be a very interesting couple of days, even weeks for the Jets. We'll see how long they take to select their next head coach. Tyson, by the rules of the game, the winner gets 30 seconds to say whatever they want. So go ahead, sir. The floor is yours. Well, first of all, I just want to thank you guys for having me on. This is a blast, and I really enjoy this podcast. And just, you know, happy holidays, everybody. And as a Jets fan, this is finally refreshing to have the quarterback, to have a star player like Jamal Adams, and have a bright future with a number three pick and all this cap space. So as a Jets fan, you just got to hope that they interview a ton of candidates. Don't settle for two or three. Bring in 15 guys. I don't care. Have a thorough, comprehensive search. Don't settle. Don't pinch pennies. Spend the money. Get the guy. Let's enjoy some good football finally. And hopefully this time next year, we're talking about a playoff appearance and seating, not who the next coach is. So it's exciting time. Happy holidays, and thank you for having me on. Fingers crossed, Tyson. Thanks for coming on and doing battle with Paulie this week. And Chris, thank you for coming on and judging the festivities this week. For anybody that's unfamiliar with what you do and where they can find you, why don't you go ahead and give out your information? Uh, you guys can do it. You, know, you can find me on Twitter at uh, We Retaliate First. Um, you'll find me just making a lot of comments on how, how Max should have been gone and that. Uh, you know, the coach and GM should uh, leave with the partner they came in with. But um, if you don't want to hear that, then uh, don't follow. <laughs> Sage <laughs> advice for Mr. Walker to end this week's show. Thanks, Chris. And thank you for listening to What's Your Point? I have exercised the demons. This house is clear. <laughs> <laughs>